You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience, passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hey everyone, welcome back to this episode. I'm Jen Duplessis. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. And I want to just let everybody know, you know, to thank you again. You know, if you're watching us while you're running or while you're on your Peloton nowadays, right? In COVID, if you're on your Peloton. Uh, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to us and to gain some more knowledge to help expand your practice, whether you're a real estate agent or whether you're a loan officer listening in. I just want to say thank you so much. And I am so excited today to bring our guest on. Chris Noggle. And it's so funny how we met because we're just meeting today, but I know a lot about you because you have a business partner who you uh, have been working with and I happened, he happened to be in one of my masterminds. So it's just kind of fun how that came to fruition. But let me tell you a little bit about Chris. He is dedicated his life to being America's number one money mentor. Gosh, I'm tongue tied today. His success includes managing over $30 million in assets in the financial services industry and millions in real estate uh, business with over 200 transactions and an HGTV pilot or pilot show, which I can't wait to hear about. I want to hear about that. Um, over the last 20 years, he's built 16 companies. He's been featured in Forbes magazine, ABC, and House Hunters. He is currently the co-founder and CEO of Flip Out Academy, founder of the Money School and the Money Mentor for the Money Multiplier which is so funny because I have a program called the Momentum Multiplier. It's really good. Um, and we're just excited and delighted to have him here today. And he also has a book called Mapping Out the Millionaire Mystery, which I promise you I've been through. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully everyone can see. I've got dog ears and comments all through the book. It was a great read. Um, I read the whole thing back end to end. And I'll share with everyone. As a matter of fact, when we're done with this podcast, he is going to be talking to me about my finances. <laughs> so um, just super, super excited to have you here. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's my honor and my privilege to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no, I'm happy to have you. I Man, I've just got lots of comments to make for that. So here's why I wanted to bring you on. And you and I talked about this in the green room, but for those that are listening, you know, as mortgage advisors, or you can call yourself a mortgage broker, a loan officer, you have a fiduciary responsibility to look after the overall wealth and health of your clients. This is not about quoting a rate, selling a product, never showing up at closing, never to be heard from again. It's not about that. This, if you want any length of time, any, you know, sustainability in this industry, you have to learn how to dig into the financial aspect of what we do in mortgage lending. And so that's looking at the application and going through it and saying, where are some uh, holistic areas that we could approach and help and partner with financial planners and all kinds of things. So the reason I brought Chris on is that he does something very, very unique. And it, it's funny, Chris, because when... I don't know, somehow Andrew must have sent me some video or maybe I saw it or, and I saw you kind of walking through the sample with someone and it was showing you 
talking to him online and then kind of writing notes down. And as you were taking your notes, I thought, gosh, this looks a lot like a loan application. (laughs) I mean, it really does because when we take applications or just have discovery calls with our clients, we're taking down the exact same information at the end where we go is different in lending as opposed to where you go, but we need to be able to see that structure in there. So what I want to do is I'd like to start from the beginning and start and ask you, you know, how you got into this. Why did you get into the financial piece of it? Because mortgage lenders, we don't go to school to be a mortgage lender. Realtors don't go to school to be a realtor. We all end up getting licenses just like you, but we just don't do that. So what brought you into the business? Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, I was a pro snowboarder in my younger years and I also had my own skateboard snowboard shops. And I remember how I actually landed in, you know, Wall Street as an advisor was the dot-com crash. So in the early 2000s, when we were in the dot-com recession, my businesses took a big hit. And I remember I had to find something to kind of get me through those times because I couldn't take a paycheck from my store. So I had to find a job. And I was either going to deliver pizzas and then I put my resume out. And I remember I got a call from a firm and they had me come in for an interview. And I remember them talking about it. I had two of these companies, but they were talking about, you know, all this stuff and you know, stockbroker and everything else. And I'm like, I had just probably watched Wall Street just to get myself in the mode. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> Let's do this. The pursuit of happiness. <laughs> the Pursuit of Happiness was such a great movie. Oh, my goodness. Such a, I love that one. Um, we could do a whole show just on that movie and the lessons that were taken from that. Oh, yeah. But So I ended up taking the job and it was supposed to be a part time thing just to get me through this little rough time so I could get back to my world of snowboarding and running my shops. And what I found is as soon as I got into it, I loved it. I focused so much on the clients and their goals and their needs, like you were mentioning with the sheets, you know, the fact finders. And I just fell in love with it. And I got really good at it. I, I remember my first year, I was the number one, what they call board rep. I was the number one new guy, the rookie. And I fell in love with it that I started working all of my time in Wall Street instead of spending all my time in my shops. And I started working on my business, not in it. And that was an important takeaway for my life. But that's how I landed in the financial advisory world. Now, there's a lot of things that happened from that early 2000s year when I entered right up to the point where I learned about privatized banking and how to become your own bank. But a lot of failures, I'll tell you that, in 08, I completely crashed and burned in real estate and had to rebuild myself. Yeah, but, you know, this. yeah, exactly. It was a tough time. If it wasn't for my, my girlfriend, who's now my wife, helping me pay the mortgage, the utilities and allowing two friends to move into my house, I never would have made it through that. And Free then- Airbnb. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Totally pre-Airbnb. Yes. And then from 2009 to 14, I just started doing what Warren Buffett said, buy low, sell high, and don't lose money. So I bought a whole bunch of real estate pennies on the dollar. And by 2014, that all crashed and burned on me too, because the bank I was borrowing from ended up freezing my lines of credit and they called one of my mortgages. There was there's more to that story, but essentially that's what happened. And then I had to sell off all 36 units that I built up Now, sometimes in life, when we hit the lowest point is when we're actually willing to receive the information that we should have been receiving the entire time. Because as an advisor, I will be the first to say that I was making great money and I had a little bit of an ego thinking, oh, I know all there is to know about money. I'm a financial advisor, all these licenses, all these certifications. But what I didn't know was what really hurt me. And what I didn't know is how the wealthy actually use money and how different it is than what I was doing. And I learned that at a three-day event that I went to because I wanted the iPad shuffles. But 
the funny thing is, is this guy, Mike, well, there's two of Mike and Greg, they were talking about money and being their own bank. And the ultimate in real estate was being the bank. And I was a sponge. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so different. And yeah. they started explaining what they were using and how they were doing it. And I'm like, whoa, uh-uh, no way. I've never been taught that in the advisory world. And I flew out to Salt Lake City to meet with Mike at the Cheesecake Factory down in SLC. And I remember him telling me, because at this point I was borrowing money from Mike. I remember yeah. asking him, how are you lending me all this money? Like, what, yeah. what are you using? Self-directed IRAs? Like, what, what's going on? And he says, no, you know, a lot of the money I lend you, Chris, comes from my private bank. And I'm like, ooh, private bank. That sounds fun. What? Give me, give me. I was like, give me the candy store. Like, come on, give me the candy. And um, he starts telling me about it. And at that very moment, when he explains all the pros and all the things, I'm just like, I'm a kid in a candy store, just a sponge. And then he starts to tell me what this machine is. And I kind of sit back with the frown and I'm like, no, it doesn't work well, that way. You this... your, your arms crossed at the same yeah. time. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to give you the right thing. I was like, no, <laughs> no, Mike, 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 I'm a financial advisor. I'm the guy that knows everything. And what you're telling me, this vehicle, this whole life insurance policy, buddy, they don't work that way. I know I've been in the business a long time. And he leans into me. So I'm sitting here like this, like the big advisor. And he leans into me with a very serious face. And he says, all right, Chris, if it doesn't work this way, then how have I been lending money to you exactly how I explained it all these years? And then he sits back and he does this. And I'm like, touche. How do I do this? And that's where it all began. And then I started learning and applying. And, you know, there was many, many years, you know, that I... I just applied this. I just used privatized banking and the infinite banking concept in my life. And it wasn't until, gosh, I think 2018, late 18, that I actually started thinking I should be teaching people this. Like, yeah. This is what I was, this is my calling. This is what transformed my life. I should be telling people about this. And that's when I actually started doing it. Before that, I was just having Brent fly out, do presentations for my RIA and different you know associations I was in. And I just watched this whole thing happen because I was so excited at what it had done for me that I just wanted other people to know about it. Yeah. Yeah. And now that you've done that, so after 2014, when you sold off a bunch of properties, you were able to then go back in and accumulate some more properties, correct? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah we, by using, we started flipping. Yeah, flipping. And actually, I'm a member of something called Flip Out America. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so very similar. But I don't think we might use money the same way. So we'll have to figure that out when you and I talk. But um, yeah, I do sort of the same thing. I don't flip properties. I just buy properties with cash and then have receipts coming in every month as seller-owned financing. So, Oh, that's smart. Um, yeah, it's kind of a cool, cool concept. It's different, but I don't like where the money's coming from to pay for it. So we'll talk mm -hmm. about that too. So, you know, as I was reading the book, I already knew all this, right? I knew this concept because I myself have had a term life insurance policy. You know, I wanted a policy that um, especially in lending industry, you know, we have so many years that are up and down and, you know, and I've been really cautioning people over the last year about the short-term gain for the long-term pain, because everybody's really raking in the money and having great years and stuff. But if you're buying watches and you're buying, <laughs> you're buying crazy stuff, you know, uh, monetary items, I've been through eight of those. I know what it's like. It takes a long time to really understand. And to your point, you know, when someone hits that low, that's when they're ready to receive. Well, there's a lot of people that are listening to this podcast and they aren't at the low right now. And so they may not be receiving it the way that they would receive it when rates start going up and the market drops out from underneath them, right? Absolutely. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because 
I want people to understand that right now, while you have as much cash as you have available and you're raking it in is to do something better with it. And so this is my gift to everyone is to hear us and really listen in here because this gift is the gift that keeps giving. That's why you call it infinite, right? That's correct. Um, it keeps giving and giving and giving, and it's your own money that does this. So, however, I didn't do a great job with mine. I was told, get the term life insurance. It gives me a little cash. I wanted to be able to have cash available in the downturns, but it was just cash that I withdrew like an ATM. It wasn't a reusable which is what you talk about doing and help share with people. So I'd like for you to kind of walk us through in the easiest format, right? I'm sitting with a client and by the way, you know, somebody's sitting with a client and you're going to walk through what that client scenario might look like, right? But when you're hearing this, everyone be thinking about you being that client because you need this as well, but this will change your life but really change the life of your clients and make you something so different in the marketplace when we're all such a commodity. I love how I'm you said let that. You go for it. <laughs> yeah, the way you said that is great because what I'm going to talk about is something that's going to be very simple. I mean, what I do and what I teach is actually very simple, but here's the problem it's the complete opposite of every single thing you've been taught your entire life about how money works. So I love the, although the concept is simple, it's something that the banks and the wealthy have done for hundreds of years. This concept and how I'm going to explain it may seem foreign, but you have to let go of some of the things you've been taught because a lot of the things you've been taught about money truly just aren't the truth. They're not really how money works. I mean, yeah. think about it. Like we've been taught to take our money and I'm just holding a $20 bill. We go work hard. That's what we've been taught to do. Go work hard, work long, put in that over time and make a lot of money. And there's nothing wrong with that. But then what we're told to do is we're told to keep working hard. We're never taught how to make our money actually work for us because we take our money that we make, this $20. And what do we do? We give up control of that money. Mm-hmm. We go and deposit that money in the bank, don't we? And what does the bank do? Do they take my $20? the teller and say, okay, Mr. Naga, we're going to put this in your little box in the back until you're ready to come back and take this. Is that how <laughs> banks operate? Nope, nope, it's nope. not, right? The, the money, b- the bank, use it. Yeah. yeah, they take my money and they put that money in motion. They go out and they lend it out in those little glass cubicles. They're moving money. And yeah. that's what we're not taught to do. We're taught to take our money and park our money and just leave it sit. And money that sits is like you know a fish in a stagnant pond. It yeah. slowly dies. You want the fish in the raging river. You want your money moving. The other thing we've been taught to do, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but we're taught to, before we even take and put the money in the checking account, we're taught to put this money into those fancy dancy 401ks or employer-sponsored retirement plans where I take my $20 that I just made that I'm going to contribute to the 401k. I'm literally giving up control of the best most valuable $20 I'll ever have. Oh, but keep it there for 30 years because it'll just- Right, right. (laughs) Let's put it in the 401k where it sits and it rides the market. Sure, over a long time, it goes up. And then what do we do? 59 and a half and beyond. We take that $20 back. And what am I taking back? Number one, $20 is 30 years weaker that has been taxed at the higher tax rates that 30 years from now will be. Even when you're making less money. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, unless somebody on here, you know, doesn't think taxes are going up or that they're just going to tax us on more stuff, then, well, then we got a bigger issue. But anyway, that $20, you know, we're taught to do things with our money that we would never do with things that money buys. You'd never, you know, take your money, go buy a car today. And then before you, you know, get in it to drive, you're like, oh, hold on a second. 
I can't drive that for five, 10, 15 years. I got to treat that just like I treat my money. And then, or you and your spouse, your significant other, you go, you buy your dream house and the seller hands the keys to you. And you're just about to unlock the door and you look at your significant other and you say, oh, wait, honey, we can't move in yet. We have to wait five, 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Cause the value will go up. Right. We do things with money. We would never do with things that money buy. So what the wealthy do and what we're talking about with BYOB or be your own banker is that $20 that we were going to save, okay, that we're going to leave in a checking account with the bank or we're going to put in a 401k. What if all we had to do was change just one thing with our money? And that one thing is where our money goes first. What if that was all that it required? What if that's all you had to do is just change that one thing? Could you do that? I certainly thought well, I could. We're told, we're told to pay ourselves first, right? Yeah. And I think but we don't do it. People, yeah, they don't do it. But what it also means is that when we pay ourselves first, we'll just put it in the savings account that's attached to the checking account, the same bank. And most people, as they make more, they spend more. So yeah. those checking and savings oh, yeah. accounts never seem to amount to as much. So let's go back to that one change, right? That one change, and that's where our money goes first. So let's compare a checking or savings to this new private bank that we're going to create. Now, your bank that you put your money in, let's just pretend that you found yourself a really, really good bank and it was paying you 4%. Now, I know that doesn't exist, but let's just pretend here. (laughs) Right, but that's the natural number that we use. Exactly, let's use four. So you could deposit your money in that bank account and make 4%, or you could change and take that money. And now let's pretend I'm holding $100, which I probably am, a little wad of 20s. And I take that $100 and I put it into my bank, the privatized bank. Now, what is this privatized bank? Well, it's the same place where people of wealth, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, Ray Kroc, Walt Disney, you know, Biden, McCain, I could keep going on and on. It's where they store their wealth. It's not a bank at all. It is a giant mutually owned insurance company. And how we deposit money in the insurance company is not by walking through the doors of the insurance company and saying, hey, can you take my $100 and put it in your account? And uh, I might come back next week and get that out. That's not how they work. You got to find a method, a way in. And the Rockefellers did this by creating a banking system using a very specially designed and engineered whole life insurance policy. Now, let's not confuse this with the whole life policy that you walk into the insurance store and buy or the whole life policy that you go to your advisor and, and they build for you. This is totally different. This is built the same way banks build them for a strategy called BOLI, bank-owned life insurance. And when we design these whole lives to work like a banking system, they look, feel, and, and perform very different than a regular whole life. So now, remember, we've got the option A is your bank account at 4%. Option B is a specially designed and engineered whole life, what we're going to call your private bank. So if we put the money in that private bank, the insurance company is going to guarantee you 4% contractually. Now your bank, although they're giving you 4% because we found a really, really good bank, that bank can change that rate anytime. So they can change that the insurance company cannot. So now making 4%, but the insurance company is a mutually owned insurance company. And because of that, they pay dividends every year to policyholders. So if we just pick one company that we use for infinite banking, your dividend can be 2%. So now we're at 4% guaranteed plus a non-guaranteed dividend of 2 my money is now making 6%. So I would take 6% over four any day and I would take a guarantee over a non-guarantee any day. So already this private bank is sounding pretty good, but I have the good stuff. The good part is, let's go back to your regular bank. Let's just say my regular bank, I got that hundred bucks. And what I'm going to do is I need some money. I need to take $50 out of my regular bank because 
what I'm going to do is somebody told me it'd be smart if I actually pay off my credit card. And I owe one of my credit cards, Visa, $50. So I'm going to take a withdraw from my bank 100%. account. Yeah, it, it, well, okay, we're going to cover that. We're going to take this $50 from my regular bank account. Now, if I had 100 and I take out 50 how much money is the regular bank paying me interest on? Is it 100 or is it $50? 50 It's $50, right? Because I'm holding the 50 in my hand. How can the bank pay me interest? And it wouldn't make no sense because you've been taught that there is no way that that can ever happen. But now let's go over to my bank, the private bank. I had $100 just sitting there and I need $50 to pay off visas. So I go in and instead of taking a withdrawal, I take a loan. Now I have $100 in there. When I take the $50 loan, what's happening is I'm not actually taking my money. My $100 is sitting nice and cozy, warm in my account, earning 4% plus that dividend. The $50, the loan came from the insurance company's general account. Now, the insurance company will give me a loan anytime. I don't have to qualify. I don't have to apply. I click a button, the money's in my account 36 hours later. So now I'm holding $50, but I'm feeling uneasy because the insurance company called this a loan and oh, I'm trying to pay off debt, not get into more debt. Right. But then what if the insurance company said to you, Chris, you don't have to pay this $50 back. We'll never ask you for the $50 back. Now, at that point, all your mind should be like, okay, now this is Wait really starting. Come on, Chris, you, this can't be real. Well, you have to understand one more thing. You see the $50 loan that they gave me, remember it's collateralized by the hundred that I have in my account, but that loan, all it is, is the insurance company giving me an advance of another promise that they made. And that promise is called a death benefit. You see that contract that specially designed whole life also has a death benefit that's paid out the day I graduate. And I don't mean college or high school. Oh, and I, I mean, love that you said that in your book, by the way. I, I hate calling, I hate talking about death. So I call yeah. it graduate. Yeah. So now what the insurance company does is takes my 50 I took out as a loan and they subtract it from my death benefit. And they say, hey, we're all good, Chris. If you don't pay that 50 bucks back, your beneficiary will receive $50 yeah, less. I'm like, cool, flowing. man. Yeah, yeah. cool. I, now I got 50 bucks and I don't even have to pay it back. The insurance company will charge me interest on this $50 of 5% simple interest. So if I'm holding 50 bucks, the insurance company's charging me 5%. But remember, I have a hundred dollars in growing the account. Growing exponentially. Right. Never being interrupted, growing at a rate of how much? Four plus the dividend, which this year is 2%. So 6%. So six minus five, I'm getting paid a percent gross just for having $50 in my hand. That's sweet. I'm great. But here, follow me with this. This is the most important part. And this is how you should really look at building wealth and how you should look at helping your clients that are doing mortgages. When you see this, this is the best way you can help them. I have $50 and now I'm going to pay off Visa. So I take this 50, I send it to Visa. I no longer owe Visa. But you see, for years, I've been paying Visa $10 a month at a rate of 26.99%. That's really what my Visa charges me, just so everybody knows. But now I don't owe Visa that $10 anymore. And I'm not paying Visa 26.99% anymore because I paid them off. But you see, if I stopped right there, what I'm not doing is I'm not treating my money the same way as I would treat someone else's bank's money, am I? Because I was okay paying Visa $10 a month at that absorbent rate. I was fine doing that. So now that I paid Visa off with my bank and I took a loan from my bank, I should go one step further and I should recapture and recycle that $10 that I used to give to Visa. And why not just deposit that 10 bucks in my account? Yeah. If I did that, what I'm actually doing is now I'm making money twice. Remember the six minus five, I'm making a 1% spread over here in my banking policy. 
And now by taking that $10 that I used to give to Visa and changing the name on the check to say Chris Noggle's bank account or Chris Noggle's banking policy, now what I did is I recaptured and recycled 26.99% that I used to just give away. So if all of you could envision this, just draw a big circle, right? My $100 in that specially designed whole life is on the left. Visa was on the right. All I did is I moved $50 from my bank over to pay off Visa. And then on the bottom part of the circle, I just draw another arrow back to my bank, which is the $10 a month I used to give to Visa. So if you did that with Visa, and then you went and you said, okay, that worked really well. Now I have more money to pay off Amex. And you do that with Amex and you do that with Discover and you do that with Amazon cards. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, all my credit cards are gone. Great. Then we move on to your car note. And instead of paying- uh, 600 it, a month. <laughs> exactly. Let's, let's not pay BMW $600 a month. Let's change the name on the check and pay my bank $600 a month. You see, if you did all of this and you just did this with all the things you do in your life, you literally would build wealth faster than you probably could by taking excessive risk in the markets or you know going out there and working harder. Exactly. It's just taking back all the money you're used to giving away to everybody else. And now you no longer have to give it away to everybody else. You control all of the money that you make and all of the money that you gave away. It's a phenomenal concept. And I'm only touching the surface. Literally, I'm, this is the pimple on the elephant's butt that I'm giving you here. There's so <laughs> many possibilities to this, but I just wanted your audience to understand that circle. And just all we're doing, folks, is taking back the banking functions in our life that we have been taught to give away to somebody else. In other words, we've been taught to give all our money up, give up control of it to someone else. All we're doing is taking it back. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And you explain it so well because I'm, well, for me, I'm very visual. For those of you that aren't, you're going to have to me rewind, too. watch or listen to this, watch it. You should watch it because he's showing dollar bills all over the place, $20 bills all over the place, but watch it at half speed so you can capture this, right? Capture to make sure you know. And, you know, one of the things that I was reading, you know, in the book is that this, the huge benefit, and I will tell you this, you know, when my kids, were 18, when they turned 18, I had already read the latte factor. And just because I read it didn't mean I lived it every single day. I did a good job for a while and then I did. And then I did, you know, and it's just product of what we were part of. And of course, Dave Ramsey, you know, we're big Dave Ramsey fans as well. But, you know, they turned 18 and I handed my son, you know, the latte factor and I handed my daughter smart women finish first, which is the women version of the latte factor along with $250 gift certificate from Amex for them to start something or spend it, their choice. Both of them saved it, which is good. And they both have it in, you know, whatever they have it in. But I can't wait to tell them about this next level of putting their, you know, money where their mouth is. And especially my daughter, she's closing on a, one of her investment properties, like in a, five days, right? And they're going to have a windfall of like $200,000. And I thinking, you know, after reading this book and I'm waiting patiently to have a, have a podcast, you know, interview with you so that she could watch this podcast. I'm just like chomping at the bank going, oh God, don't put it in the bank. Don't put it in the bank. Don't put it in the bank. I got to get you a Chris, right? And don't give it to your investment advisor who's going to put it in some 30 year thing. I don't want that to happen either. So, you know, I just, I'm so honored that you're here today. And I hope that everyone is understanding what we're talking about because this is really, really a massive shift in your thinking. It's, it can be a massive shift in your business as well. So I have a couple of follow-up questions. Oh, and so my whole point was the younger you are, the more you can mass, right? You can accumulate from this. And the stories you tell in your book about how people are 
you know, using their money to create wealth for themselves are just, you know, really incredible. Um, especially like the woman's story. I can't remember her name was Kathy or Cynthia or something, but. Oh, yes. That one's incredible. That yeah. actually is probably one of my favorite stories. Yeah, I love it. Is it Cynthia? Cynthia. I'm really good. And then there's That's the story of David. Yeah, I yeah. have a photographic memory, so I kind of remember. That's pretty good. I, I bet you I could yeah. get right to that story. But yeah, that was a good yeah, one. I probably could get to it, too. Yeah. So, I mean, so these stories are really good. So I've got two questions for you, and we may have to sure. answer them independently. But one of the questions I have here is I'm listening to this podcast and I'm going, hey, this is really, really cool. But can I get Chris? Can Chris be my person or do I have to go someone locally? Is he licensed here, there, and yet, yonder? And do I have to teach my financial advisor and my insurance agent this stuff? Because I don't want to teach them. So give us some advice on how we can seek out people that understand this. If it's not you, I mean, I'd love for everybody to be, you know, we've got a little over 20,000, maybe 45,000 people who listen to my podcast now. We've got tons and tons of people, thousands of people, and you can't be inundated. I certainly get that. I know that you want it, but you can't be inundated. So how do we do this in a local perspective so that sure. we can send clients to our partners so that our partners send us more business? Yeah. So, I mean, we are certainly licensed in every state and, you know, we have a team here that can handle it. Could be handled 40,000? No. But we certainly would try to handle anybody we can. Can people have access to me? 100%. But there is a gateway to get me. And that gateway is you have to watch the 90-minute video before I will speak to anybody. So once you get to that point, yes, you know, if we can't handle the call, here would be the second thing. And this is very important. So your financial advisor or your insurance agent, I almost can guarantee you will not understand how this works. Now, they might say they do, but they probably don't. So what you'd want to do is seek out somebody in your area that is a specialist in this. And there is a certification. It's called IBC Practitioners. You could go on and Google IBC Practitioners in my area, and it'll pull up Nelson Nash's page, and it will show you all the IBC Practitioners in whatever area. Now, what does IBC stand for? Sure. It stands for Infinite Banking Concept. And that's kind of the whole process. Infinite Banking Concept is not the whole life. It's not a product. It's the process that I just explained and how to use that. So that would be my suggestion, you know, start with us. If, you know, if we can certainly service, you know, anything you need, we, and I'm not just saying that's selfishly because we want all the business. Listen, it's not even about the business. It's about, I want more and more people to learn this because this absolutely will change people's lives. And if it's not me helping you, there are people that can and will, even if you're in Canada, we have IBC practitioners in Canada that we work directly with. So that's not off limits, but you absolutely need to find somebody that practices this that knows this because anybody can sell you a whole life, but I promise you it will not work anything like what I just explained. No, uh, example here. I know, I know, <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny because remember I started my career at New York Life, one of the largest insurance sure. companies there is. They never once in all 14 years I was there taught me about this. They knew what it was, but they won't teach it. And here's why the advisors or the agents that do policies the way I'm explaining it, especially designed and engineered, they have to give up something that they don't like to give up. And that give up is a large portion of their commission, up to 90% of their commission. So unless your financial advisor agrees to take 90% less income, then you probably are going to have to find somebody else. Because for this to work, for you to have access to 60 to 90% of your cash immediately, somebody had to give something up. And that is the advisor, or we call ourselves IBC practitioners, 
we have to give up our commission so that you get one gives, the other gets. It's a novel idea. More people should learn about that. <laughs> right. Well, and so, you know, with it, with the accumulation of the assets that you have, it's not just, you know, the whole life where people dabble in and kind of drop a little bit of money here. They're really actively involving themselves in growing mm-hmm. this fund. And as a result, your 10% exponentially increases anyway. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. Absolutely. It? Yeah. The more people you help, the more we make. And that's the name of the game. And, you know, the other thing that's important is, again, I always need to reiterate this. Remember, this isn't about the whole life. This isn't about the machine, right? The right. Machine it's not is the about whole the actual insurance. No, it's right. about the process. It's about yeah. moving the money. And that's where I think we're really good with the money multipliers. We've got an entire team Picture a regular bank, you take a loan from the loan officer, but then after the loan's done, that loan officer never really looks at that again. It goes to a back office that tracks your loans, tracks your payments, tracks your interest. We created that back office for all of our clients. We don't even charge them for it. You'll never pay me or the money multiplier because we get paid that terrible commission from the insurance company, but we do it for thousands of people. So we created the whole mapping team to do all the banking for our clients. And the coolest thing about that is it predicts everything out two years into the future. So that's the advantage of what we do that maybe somebody else doesn't. But there's a number of great IBC practitioners out there that I talk to on a weekly basis that can help you do this. Yeah. yeah. And that's good to know because, you know, I think, you know, the distance here, I'm fine with it, you know, because Mm -hmm. I'm used to it. But some clients, you know, they're first time home buyers and they're struggling may not understand this concept and need to sit down and talk to somebody and really, really understand it, you know, because they might think that uh, there's, this is some kind of funky thing that's out there, but it's not, it's completely accredited. It's completely, you know, you have securitization, you have licensing, you have certifications, there's all kinds of pieces oh, yes. that are behind here that you can't offer this unless you're, you know, a legit person. So I want to make sure everybody, un- you know, understands that as well. In addition to that, so the next question I have for you about this is if you're a loan officer and by God, realtors, you know, if you want to send your clients to Chris then send your clients to Chris, but get your loan officers involved in this so they understand it too, because they're seeing the application. You don't know what they have for 401k. We were talking about this in the green room, you know, the 25 401ks that are $1,600 each because they keep moving their job and they're not working. They're not working for you because they're not, you know, pulled into at minimum an IRA, right? Mm -hmm. Something that accumulates better than that. So I'm a loan officer and I'm talking to a client. How am, what is the best way for me to introduce this concept to them without going into your lane, without selling them out of it? Because it's not even a sell, but you know, getting them afraid of this? What is the best way for a loan officer to introduce this? So the cool thing about a loan officer, and we also have a lending division, so I know a lot about this, is you understand all the client's debts, right? And a lot of times you'll look at somebody and you'll see their income and you'll look at their debts and be like, whoa, boy, 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 got a lot of debts going on there, right? Yep. So what if you just had a discussion with them and you just gave them some kind advice and said, listen, like, we really got to get a handle on some of these debts. And I've noticed that you've got all this money sitting in a bank account. You got a bunch of money sitting in an old 401k. You got equity you know, in your rental property or you have no money (laughs) or you have no money. It doesn't matter either way, but you can have that discussion with them about, okay, how they can pay off their debts in a very efficient and guaranteed way using what we just talked about, using this infinite banking concept to pay these debts down. And that's a great way to introduce it. The other thing I've found is because banks, traditional conventional banks are the number one purchasers of whole life in the world. They own more whole life than they do all the land and buildings combined, they understand these products and these Mm -hmm. vehicles. So when, you know, somebody's qualifying for a mortgage, 
you know, line number, the personal financial statement, it usually goes cash on hand at banks. And then number two, a lot of times says cash value life insurance, because the banks understand cash value life insurance is just almost as liquid as your bank accounts checking. So that's a great position to be your numeral, you know, number two underneath cash on banks. And then, you know, down the rest of that. So it puts your borrowers in a stronger position because now they've got more cash and it's kind of a psychological forced savings for them because they're making premium deposits monthly or annually. That money builds up and builds up. And if they do what I said by recapturing it, that thing gets out of control and starts going up more and more. It's like fine wine. The older it gets, the better it is. You know, it really does. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because in the book you have, you know, some charts and things like that. And it's interesting how, you know, it hits a certain place and just blows up. I mean, in a really good way. Yeah. I don't remember in the book, if you said it was like four, three years, five years, Mm -hmm. 10 or something like that. But once, man, once it hits that one point, it's just, it's so out of control and no wonder the wealthy kept building wealth, right. Instead of having it be in some place. And we were going, how do they, the rich get richer? And we want to get richer, right? Well, that's an interesting observation is it's your three or five, depending on what plan and how much you're putting in that that thing just explodes. And it doesn't explode because it's like a rocket that you know has a booster that goes off. It explodes because of something that Albert Einstein understood very well mm-hmm. called compound interest. Yeah. And Albert Einstein called it the eighth wonder of the world, the greatest yeah. thing in the financial universe. And he said, yeah. those that understand it, earn it those that don't pay it. And you got to look yourself in the mirror and say, do I understand compound interest or am I just paying everybody else compound interest? And most people are paying because if you understood it, you'd understand why in year three or year five, this thing explodes. That $100 example, remember that $100 never left that account every year. It was growing 4% plus dividend, 4% plus dividend on a higher amount each year. So of course it explodes. Like it's just mathematics yeah. at work. And which we should all know as lenders, yeah. we should all know the mathematics behind this, right? <laughs> and that's what I love about it. And it's funny because we'll talk about that in, you know, paying off your debt, you know, putting a hundred dollars extra in your mortgage payment, and you'll pay that down, you know, all the way. I'd rather put the hundred dollars someplace else. And if I needed it, I could grab it, right? And have it. And so we would exponentially be able to compound interest, be able to give you even more equity than if you had just put a hundred dollars extra into the mortgage, right? Jen, you're really grasping this. You really are. Well, I've done it. I mean, I've done it for a really long time. I mean, gosh, you know, when we had the big credit, I mean, the credit crisis in the big recession, you know, I had um, someone call me, not my client call me and say, you know, I've been paying the mortgage and been paying extra hundred dollars on my mortgage for the last seven years. And I just lost my job. And now, you know, don't you think that they'd give me a little wiggle room because I paid that extra hundred? I'm like, no, you were under no obligation to pay it whatsoever. And now you're in a position where you've lost your job. You've already missed your payments. So you're threatened, you know, to go into foreclosure. And had you put that hundred dollars in the bank, you would have money to be able to make your payments so that you could find a new job and then you'd be fine. But what you're suggesting is don't put it in the bank, put it over here. And exponentially, you would maybe even be able to pay off that mortgage in those seven years that you've been putting that. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I mean, we're taught to work and we're taught all these things to do with our money, but we've never been taught to actually just make our money work for us. We're taught everything but that. So, you know, like what you just said is instead of making those extra payments, let's just change where the money goes first. Then we can make all the extra payments we want later, but let's have that money working for us. Yeah. You know, I hate it when money sits lazy on a couch at my house. 
You know, I come home after a hard day of work. My money's lazy sitting on the couch, eating my potato chips and watching my TV. I march over to it and I say, listen, it's never going to happen again. I'll make sure that you're working every day for the rest of your life. You're never getting breaks. You're never going on vacation. And my money stands up and hugs me. And it says, thank you. I'm getting bored sitting here. Your money doesn't want to sit, folks. It's just you've been conditioned to have that money sit on your couch. Put it to work. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love that. There are so many people I'm going to refer you to. You don't even know. I, mean, <laughs> I have so much fun with this. I try to make a topic yeah. that can be very oh, complex. Well, I mean, it, so this fun. Is, this is my bailiwick. I mean, this is what I love doing as a lender was contemplating and pulling the holistic stuff. And I just wish that I had the knowledge then, just three years ago, <laughs> just three years ago, to have put this into play. And I thought I had half of it, right? I had thought I had half of it with mm-hmm. what I invested in but I was missing this other half that has so much more power than that first half. And so if I were someone listening to this, I mean, I'd be all over this, all over this to help my clients. This is a game changer for not only yourselves, but your clients. So walk yourself through it, get this going for you first, and then bring your clients through it. Once you've experienced it and seen how it works and bring your clients through it. So Chris, is there anything that you would like to, an additional, anything that you'd like to share with us in the time that we've been spending together Yeah, just to wrap up, I mean, let me just tell you a quote that changed my life from Will Rogers. Will Rogers made a comment and a quote, and he says, the biggest problem in America is not what people don't know. The biggest problem in America is what people think they know that just ain't so. Unfortunately, with this concept, the biggest problem I had is when I told people about it, I was so excited. They all of a sudden bashed it. They said, oh, that's a scam. That can't be real. That sounds too good to be true. And when more and more people tell you that, you start questioning, well, who's right here? My answer to that is that Will Rogers quote, be careful who you surround yourself with. If you're not surrounding yourself by people that are living the perfect day or the perfect life that you want to live, like, why are you surrounding yourself with them? And I always, you know, for me, it was all their family. You can put your family in timeout for a little bit if they don't support your dreams and your goals. And then, you know, what always happens and everybody knows this, when you get to your goals, they come back and they're like, oh, I'm so proud of you. Well, wait, where were you when I was actually saying right. I wanted to do this? Everybody yeah. knows I'm saying that. But that statement, that quote really. So say the quote again. Say the yep. quote. So the biggest problem in America is not what people don't know. The biggest problem in America is what people think they know that just ain't so. Yeah. And I think further from there, the biggest problem in America is. When people know, as you do now, listening into this, and you don't put it in go. <laughs> I love that. You know and you don't go. Yeah, you got to take that leap, right? Go. You know <laughs> That's great. and you don't go. We should there's make an, a shirt. <laughs> when you know and you don't go. <laughs> yep. When you know and you don't go, right? Love be, it. Bring, yeah, be your own banker. I absolutely love it. Chris has been absolutely fantastic. Of course, I've had fun because this is just something I absolutely love. And listen, I hope that our listeners, you know, understand the big, the gift that they have been given, that they've been handed right now. And this is a pay it forward. This is absolutely a pay it forward. Keep this link podcast to share with your family, to share with your friends, to share with everybody in your community, because let him explain it. Let Chris explain it for you if that's what you need to do. So Chris, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We really, really appreciate it. And of course, All of the links, we have tons of links for all of you. We'll have links in the show notes so you can get in touch with Chris. You can get in touch with his team if you want to work with him directly. Find out, you have to watch the 90-minute video, which I've already done. And just, it's a really, really good video. So take that, you'll learn more from that as well. So thank you so much, Chris, for being with us today. 
Oh, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And everybody, thanks for taking time out of your day. If you had to, if you were doing this while you were watching or uh, on your Peloton or riding your bike or taking a walk, rewind, take tons of notes. And I hope it makes a difference in your business and your practice and your life. Most importantly, we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today. The more hands you shake, the more money you make. Get your mini website and smart business card. One unique C card with unlimited possibilities that brings you new contracts, new clients, and the money you deserve. In this lifetime deal, be one of the first to get all the current and future functions for the one-time investment of only $299. No tech skills required. We take care of every step for you. Great concierge service and lifetime support. Don't risk losing your only chance. Take action today. It's time to ditch the paper business card. Don't wait. Go to getccard.com.